0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 56 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by two absolutely fantastic co-hosts, John and Spicer. Welcome in and welcome back, gentlemen. John, we'll start with you. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing great. I've been enjoying a bit of a break from BGC since the Charlotte Regional, but I've still been keeping up here and there and running some games here and there. And uh, my creative juices are, are, are flowing again on a few teams. So I'm excited to get back in it um, as much as I can with school going on.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That kind of stuff certainly takes, takes precedence, but I don't know about you, but sometimes I find that when I'm doing a bunch of other stuff, that's kind of when I'm in a way like the most creative when it comes to team building. Cause it's like the, like your, your neurons are constantly firing. So you just like, you're subconsciously doing a bunch of stuff and you're like, Oh, this would be a cool idea for a team or something. Do you, do you find that as well?
1: Yeah. And then I try the team out for like three or four battles and I'm like this is really cool and then i don't play it for like two weeks
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. but there's three or four battles though that's proof in the pudding that it, that it works out and that's honestly
1: at the end of the day it's all you need yeah yeah especially when you name the team what what the uh, wtf is this <laughs> dot four or five at this point so yeah
0: copy of copy of copy of wtf yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool cool uh four, or thank you for uh Taking the time out of your busy schedule to come back on. And that voice belongs to none other than the one and only Spicer. How are you doing today, man?
2: That is I, he who spices. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking.
0: Cool.
2: Um, I have been playing some VGC, trying to practice. Like, I did the GC. So, like, that was a lot mm-hmm. of Pokemon playing. Oh, yeah. and, did I you play about all 45 matches? i did 40 which is still felt like a lot yeah and like i don't even do that good i think i got like 1600 something and i was like you know every battle i'm just like realizing more and more of things i want to change with my team Mm -hmm. and i'm the kind of person who will make a micro adjustment to my team like every battle i do and so it just kind of made me crazy be like forced to use one team for 40 games right and i wasn't really feeling well over the weekend so i had a lot of time to sit down and play those games um and i don't know about some people who can just play a lot of pokemon and like that's awesome power to them uh but when i play a lot of pokemon i do not want to play pokemon much after that like i I love this game (laughs) But like I can only handle it in bursts before I'm like, there's too much to think about. I need to think about literally anything else, wide open spaces or something. Yeah. So like after the 40 matches, I'm like, I do not want to touch VGC, but I am forced to continue to touch it because I'm in USPA League getting my ass handed to me week after week. But <laughs> I uh it's fun. I just, um, I guess, was in a little bit of a funk, but GC had me feeling like a little bit better. I'm like, nice. I'm not complete trash. I'm just mid, just like, <laughs> just like all the time when I try to prove it to myself, and then I'm always reminded that I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't spend enough time prepping, like all the like top performing players, and I know that's what makes the biggest difference, and. Probably what holds me back is that like, I can only handle so much Pokemon. uh, Yeah. Before I'm like, I've had enough. I also feel like ladder
0: v like ladder VGC on cart also like takes a lot out of me more so than a three v three like like a best of three with somebody or even like playing on showdown.
2: Yeah, for real. Because the hacks is like, you know, there's no second chance to try to you know not have hacks, and then there's you know you fall for gimmicks it's a totally different meta Mm -hmm. for sure well are you
0: feeling better now mostly that's good that's good well uh certainly very happy to to have you on i'm sure that you'll have plenty to talk about with some of the stuff that you saw since the the global challenge was seemingly very successful with the, the, the the players and all the people that were able to come out there um I myself have actually been playing some, some VGC of recent too, which has been a lot of fun, which is a weird, weird for me. I was kind of off it for a bit. And then, you know, I just had a little bit of an idea. And so I decided to get back on my on my bullshit and do some like game <clears throat> stuff and made a monotype steel team. And that was a lot of fun to play with because and the reason that I went with it because I was like, there's a, there's a lot of size spam. There's a lot of uh, giraffe and blood moon out there and uh flutter main, of course and i was like all right what's the one thing there's a lot of priority extreme speed steel works sure let's see if i can do a steel team and you know what clef key plus heatran still puts in a ton of work and <laughs> also had like empoleon on there with haze ice spinner uh chilling water and air slash or something like that i had King Gambit, Whoa. Um, Corviknight, okay. just like dumpsters some teams if they, if they don't have anything for it. Just getting that Dragon Terra and you're like plus four defense and then they only have Ogre Pond, Incineroar, Rillaboom, Urshifu, whatever in the back. They're like, yeah, I can't do anything. Okay, GG. And so that, that's been fun. So I'm thinking about doing some other monotype stuff. I'd start a flying monotype as well. And maybe I'll do like a fairy one next. You know, start with the easy ones first before getting to like mono fighting or whatever um but yeah that's been kind of kind of the thing for me so we've we missed last week so we missed liverpool unfortunately but a lot happened since then we're going to be focusing on some other stuff here in this episode so we might as well get into it because we do have some news of course to get into as always before like i said talking about Melbourne and Knoxville, the two regionals that occurred this past weekend in Best of Three VGC. So let's get into the news. And unusual, but I might as well start this with one of the most famous Pokemon quotations of all time. I see now the circumstances of one's birth is irrelevant is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. By none other than the birthday boy himself. Happy birthday to the first ever restricted Pokemon Mewtwo, born February sixth, the date of Ooh. this recording. Um,
2: I happy birthday. Mewtwo. That was that's that,
0: that's from the the Pokemon first movie. Man, yeah, Man. I remember where it was that. It was like that that movie like sold out in theaters for felt like weeks on end. It was like the biggest thing in the world to me when I was in third grade. Yeah.
2: That line had was like way deeper than it had any right to be. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> talking going to like mew and the mew's just like, meow, 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 meow. and he's like, yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> of course you do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was when they showed Don fan in that little, like, you know, pre movie ahead of time, man, what a, what a time that was. Mm-hmm. So hyped
2: for Don fan. Now we have Don pan 2.0, 3.0. Yeah. Um,
0: but if that's not if that's not something to celebrate about, perhaps this is something to cheer
1: about. John, what would that be? With the new update 3.0.1, Dragon Cheer is legal to be used. So you are now allowed to use Dragon Cheer in regional championships, and it was available for use at Knoxville and Melbourne. Um, so let's Let's find out this episode if anybody actually used Dragon Cheer after they found out two days before the competition that it was cleared for use. Um if you weren't aware, Dragon Cheer used to uh hold on to the effect, even if you switch out and come back in. But now if you switch out the oh. dragon cheer, you uh
0: um lose the effect. I
1: so. wasn't
0: actually sure what the issue was, but so that 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 is broken. Yeah, that's
1: okay. yeah, yeah, it's a little bit broken, yeah.
0: just a little bit yeah and so for those that don't know who have never used Dragon Shear, perhaps it's a plus one to non-Dragon types and a plus two to the crit bonus for Dragon type Pokemon and that does work after Terra Dragon if you want to do that which is cool Um, neat cool well thank you Uh, speaking of updates Spicer what about this next story please
2: yeah so Pokemon Company International updated the VGC rules document for how to conduct the process of exchanging team sheets in order to keep it the same for all competitors. The process is now to dock the console, connect to the union circle. Once selected preparations complete, the team lists are to be exchanged. This revision removes the inconsistencies of providing more or less time from round to round to to review a team sheet. Uh, It was kind of like in the past, uh, not so defined, Mm -hmm. and it was always so funny being at a regional and people are like uh, holding the team sheet on like some of them are really holding it tight, just clutching it until the last second. They know they have to show you, and then you know some people are like, "I just give it to you now. It really doesn't matter. Who cares?" (laughs) And uh, yep, and and like I I remember the last time I was at Portland. There was a guy who like was just holding it in the air o- above me and I went to grab it and he gently pulled it away and I was like, what? And I went to grab it again and he just gently pulled it away all while not really looking at me. So Such like, a tease. You- I was like, are you doing this on purpose? Like, I think he just like really didn't want me to see it until it was like absolutely necessary But it was just funny. <laughs> it's, it's
0: That's the weirdest way possible to, to go about doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I, I mean, I only went to one and I remember like one of the I think like a few of my competitors, like as soon as I walked up, they're like, hey, man, what's up? Here you go. Here's mine. And I just like hand in mine. But then otherwise, I would I was I would kind of let the other person drive, you know, if they wanted to give me theirs. Sure. But I, ne- and I wouldn't necessarily exchange mine because I didn't it's not that I was trying to keep it. It was more so I just didn't want to like force them to give me theirs. You know what I mean? I'd let them yeah. do whatever they wanted. But I, I yeah, like I do point. I do like this change. I feel like it's it's not that it like it's not necessarily frivolous in nature because I do think that having that set time to go about doing it removes some of that, you know, back and forth. And you can just like, hey, how's it going, man? Yeah, I'll just, you know connect my connect to my thing. Oh, you know, it's how's your round going so far? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm all dock preparations complete. Cool. Here, here's my sh- sheet. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah,
2: more consistent. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Spicer mentioned that he played in the Global Challenge over the weekend, and it did come to a close. So, John, can you please share with us some of the information
1: that came out of the challenges? So, the f- highest-ranking player was Junwon Kim over in Korea with a rating of 1813.4. They had a pretty standardish balanced team of Fluttermane, Pao, uh, Amoongus, Ensign, Scarf... Rapid Strike Urshifu and Raging Bolt and the second place finisher and the highest NA player was Darius Thomas. And number three was Lorenzo Marcelli in Europe. So congratulations to all those guys and congratulations to the competitors from Korea and Japan who the top 64 of each of those in the global challenge qualified for their uh, trainers cup or national tournaments. And a word on the global challenge. The global challenge gets a lot of flack for people using a lot of gimmicks or best-of-one things that wouldn't work in closed team sheets or whatever. However, uh, you'll notice that a lot of the top-ranking teams actually had a lot of consistent options to them. Um, So, yeah, so that's like a, a good talking point of, yeah, you will see a lot of gimmicks, but not necessarily all the gimmicks will do really well in the long run.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like a, a good team is still, and a good player is going to be able to figure out. Oh, I know what this is going to do, or at least I have a hunch about what this is going to do, and then you can play around it. Like mm-hmm. there was that one time that I think, what was it, John? You were playing with somebody, and you're like, I think this photograph is going to use ally switch, or, or or something along those. Yes, lines. because it had
1: just used it had just used wish, and I've seen uh, if you wish and then ally switch your partner winds up taking the wish instead
0: right yeah so like that kind of stuff that 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 is absolutely a a ladder skill that people pick up be being able to figure out what a person's team sheet is or having a really good guess based on the composition of the rest of their team is something that you can certainly improve upon and you may not necessarily get beat by some of that gimmick stuff in the future, of course, it's still going to happen where where you are going to get swept by something that you didn't necessarily expect or whatever. But you know, and you can't plan for all of it. But at least knowing maybe ahead of time what the game plan could be can save you a lot and avoid some of that cheese.
2: Um, Probably good to have a very flexible
0: team.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I'd say so. Or one that just does one like a ton of damage very quickly, like um, the second place finisher in darius thomas had eject pack nine tails with ogre pawn uh fire um specs, flutter main life for raging bolt viragraph and rillaboom so it's like that, that that is a versatile team certainly but it also does a ton of damage so it's like all that setup that a cheese team may need it's just not going to have the opportunity and the freedom to be able to do so
1: mm-hmm.
0: cool all right well, before we spend any more time on that, let's get to the real meat and potatoes of the episode in Melbourne and Knoxville. Both of them taking place this past weekend on opposite corners of the globe um, or you know, opposite sides of the flat earth if you're in that camp. But uh, we do want to shout out, of <laughs> course, some of the splatters.
2: <laughs> <The> <laughs> uh, congratulations to
0: Solar to Web for taking home the championship in Knoxville. And a congratulations to Kieran Singh for doing the same in Melbourne, taking on the championship there. And also shout out to Jack Lloyd finishing 14th at Melbourne. Oh, that guy Not over at Lucky oh, Physio on Twitch, where he is, uh, you know, obviously oftentimes going to be streaming there. I can't tell you at what times because it's you know Australian, but very very good. For sure, coming, like I said, in 14th place, brought a team of uh, Ting Lu with Coma O, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, Rillaboom, Raging Bolt, and Career Ref. So, shout out to them, continuing to play very well in the Australian regionals. Um, so, mm-hmm. for this episode, instead of looking at each of the individual regionals and the top eights and whatnot and getting really in the weeds, we're going to look at them combined some of the usage rates that that they that we saw, some of the similarities, some of the differences, and sort of go from there. So, probably should first at least start with Toller's team, just to kind of look at it, just to see what it was. And then we can maybe uh, look at the rest of Knoxville as a whole. So, Toller brought Goldengo, Tornadus, Raging Bolt, Incineroar, Urshifu, and Ogrepan Wellspring. Now the significance of talking about this team is that we do have the specific haste for this team. So we were able to see exactly what the uh, like how the EVs lined up and everything. and this was posted by Toller onto their Twitter. They also provided a rental code as well if you want to check it out, either something to use or something that you might have, have might have to play against in the future. Um, I'll let you start, John, anything from the paste, the EVs specifically, or like the, the moves or anything that really jumped out to you that you thought was significant and noteworthy.
1: Um, so there are quite a number of things. Um, the InSIN is 85 speed, which under tailwind hits 170 speed, which will outspeed your Lando eyes, um, so you can like parting shot, knock off, player bits, whatever, into that Pokemon. And your Ogre Palm Water on this team is 169 speed, which is nice because it also outspeeds Lando I, who sits at 168 speed, naturally. And if you're wondering, if you look at the Urshifu set and you see those 20 defense EVs, you might be like, why are those there? Your Focus Sash should like handle all that for you, right? So... 20 defense EVs on Urshifu single strike will always live a Terra Water, Ursh, uh, a Terra Water Surging Strikes from Water food, no matter the attack investment, if they're a Scarf set. So you'll always live the Scarf Urshifu's Surging Strikes, which is important if you're going into like Wolf's team or if you're going into another pivot heavy team that you want to be able to live that Surging Strikes in like Close Combat or Wicked Blow back. Um, the Tornadus is modest, which is kind of unusual, uh, because Toler noticed that there wasn't a whole lot of damage coming out from the team. And so he opted for going more into your um special flying damage, would hit which hits so much of the metagame for a lot of damage. And the speed investment creeps uh 252 modest Reggie Drago. So you just don't get like 6-0'd by. Reggie Drago. Um, and then your Golden Go, importantly, is a Metal Coat set. So a lot of Golden Goes will, will run leftovers. Um, but the cost of that is that you miss some calcs on like Flutter Mains or a couple of the other Pokemon with your um, Metal Coat. So Metal Coat opts for no recovery. So there's no recovery for anything on this team except for Ogre Pond. Um, so you have to be very, very, very careful how you position everything. But then last but not least, you have your A V Raging Bolt. Mm-hmm. And if you're a size band player, you're gonna hate this set. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> because A V Raging Bolt is a nightmare to get through and it has Snarl. So say goodbye to all of your uh special offense.
0: Oh man. And it's like I it's like I, I know that Raging Bolt is very bulky, but it's it still blows me away to see 125 HP. With, with 148 EVs into HP, it sits at 219, plus its FEDEF, which has a, is a base 89, so only 20 EVs to get to 112. So with the Assault Vest, that is up to, what, 160-something, 160 160-plus. 160 with the 219 HP, I mean, that thing just, yeah, that's just tanking special attacks all day, every day. And the Terra Fairy type is also nice, so that way it doesn't just auto-lose to the opposing Draco Meteor or, like you mentioned, the the Dragon Energy or something like that. Um, it's not the only Fairy type, Terra, on this team, too. Also, Golden Go got it, which I find kind of interesting because typically you see, like, you know, Steel for boosted damage or Water for just, like, good, you know, neutral resistance. But Fairy, I think, also accomplishes that, but in a different way. Allowing you to still resist that of Urshifu um single strike as well as you know fighting coverage instead of just taking a neutral hit from dark or fighting, depending on if you go to uh you know water terra. So I like that little slight little change for Golden Go for, for Toller.
2: Yeah, that seems like the adjustment right now for the dark Shifu's going around. Yeah, which,
0: you know. That's always it that's one of those things where you have one of those pokemon that comes up people really like to use it everyone sort of adjusts to it and then that pokemon starts to go away and then you have to readjust again which is kind of fun to watch happen in real time you know
2: You also get to somewhat like wall insin with the rain for fire and fairy for the dark
0: True True Um other than that I mean I like his nicknames a lot. They're like pretty funny. Pretty I like funny. his nicknames a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Go yeah. Away, Grin and Barrett for the Urshifu, Ty Grr as like T-I-E, and then Gur for uh, Incineroar. I don't know. It's <laughs> Pond. <Overpond. laughs> it's funny. Yeah, uh, I've
2: had like variations of that. Overpond. It's I like Ogre. That. I like that. So, Man, yeah. I rate these as better than wolves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a low bar. Um <laughs> Good, uh, good job to Toller! Congratulations for sure. Um, then down in Melbourne, Kieran finishing with a somewhat similar team, kind of not really. Bring it, Amoongus, Roaring Moon with uh, Booster Energy, Terra Flying and Acrobatics. Uh, Choice Specs Fluttermain, Aquabon Wellspring there again. Safety goggles in with Taunt. Fake out, parting shot, and flare blitz. So no knockoff. And then another Assault Vest Raging Bolt with uh Thunderbolt Draco Meteor, Thunderclap, and Snarl, just like Toller's set. So has some good setup on the team. Obviously, Parish on there for Dondozo. But this looks like a another pretty interesting team as well. The safety goggles taunt for opposing Amoongus. Uh fairy terra on the Amoongus is cool too, but I'll stop. Uh Spicer, what about you? Do you uh any thoughts on Kieran's
2: team? Um apparently Raging Bolt Sylvis is the hotness. Seems like yeah. it. <laughs> Seems
0: like it. Everybody's doing it. If you're not doing yeah. it, you're behind the times.
2: Parish song Fluttermane is always cool. Mm-hmm. Uh usually for Dozo. Yep. Taunt, Genson, pretty cool. I wonder how much that was helpful. I just want to be a fly on the wall for every time you click taunt with that.
0: Well. Looking at the usage for the field in Melbourne, now there are 263 teams, which Melbourne does have a much smaller pool of players, but still, you know, 263, this was their first day too, which is very exciting. Amugus was number 13 in usage at 16%. Mm-hmm. In addition to, for Rigoraf, at 28%. So you look at those two as being primary things that you're going to be taunting, and Incineroar being good into both of those Pokemon, because obviously it's immune to any psychic damage from Freiregraf, as well as being able to be uh, you know immune to Spore from Amoongus with the safety goggles. I could see them having clicked it a lot. Because, that does make sense. Like, it's, you know, it's it's perfectly positioned to be able to handle both of those two scenarios, which we were seeing quite a bit, at least in that uh,
2: anyways. I like that uh, Terra Ghost makes sense defensively, and for like those teams that want to fake out trick room and turn one.
1: Yeah. You can taunt him. You can parting shot out. You can do anything you want to him.
2: Um, I like it.
1: Cool to see Roaring moon back in every once in a while, you know, Roaring mid up, it pops up here and there
2: clearly uh, not,
0: but cool. So congratulations to both of them, but well, let's transition over to talking about the tournaments as a whole and seeing some of the similarities and differences between the two. So, one thing that that I noticed between them, and I'm curious what you guys are thinking as well. So looking at the the usage rates for both of them, like for 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 day one, like all of the teams that were there. The same top three Pokemon a Fluttermane, Ogre Wellspring, and Incineroar are it's it's the same for for top to bottom. Um Tornadus in the four slot and Urshifu Urshf- Rapid Strike in in five in Knoxville, whereas in Melbourne, it was Urshifu Rapid Strike at four and Farrigaraf at five. I just find it a little interesting that you know it's those those top three Pokemon are exactly the same. But then you look at it and it's like, yep, that those three really are a, a very good pair. And it was the number one composition of a team for those three of Wellspring, Incineroar, and Fluttermain in Knoxville. So that, you know, that usage certainly did pan out to be the most common composition as well. Not the same in Melbourne where the number one composition was actually Incineroar, Urshifu Rapid Strike, and Rillaboom, but the Wellspring, Incin, Fluttermain core was number two. So, I don't know. I feel like this is probably, this is a good core to start with if you are looking to get into team building and do Kind of any type of team that you wanted to, whether it's going to be um, tailwind balance, you could even pull off a trick room team with with those three Pokemon if you want to do some like follow me pl- or like fake out with trick room kind of stuff. It seems just like a very good core to build around. Indeed. What about you, John? Anything you notice between the the two tournaments that kind of is interesting or
1: sticks out to you? I think the uh, Australians pulled out their size spammers again. Heck yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> look at that top eight. Uh, yeah, I think there's what one, two, yeah, just two of them, and there's three Archer Ludons there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, we okay, but it's the fact that both the 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 two side spam
0: teams that are in there are second and third.
1: You know, oh wait, let me check this. Oh no, <laughs> 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 y'all should look at Diego Fie- uh, uh Ferrera's team when you have the chance, listeners. It, it's a, it's a wild oh, team.
0: Yon Ursuluma. I dig it. Yeah, um,
1: yeah.
2: I feel yeah. like a, the Australians are always cooking. I feel like they, we've seen
1: this before, haven't we? They're always. Uh, no, it's a very similar composition to the thing that got like tenth at Laic, but that had skill swap Bronzong instead of skill swap Indeed. So it's like a, it's a very similar composition, gotcha. like very 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 similar, but it's not the same thing. Um, I think I will say this is the second time that we had walking wake wait no i think no is it no i no 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 no. okay this might be the first time that walking wake has ever uh made a day two because let me check charlotte because i don't think it happened okay no 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 it's the second time because at charlotte there was one guy and at Melbourne, there's another guy. So now we have two walking wigs that have made it to day two. All right. It's on <laughs> the format. It's still walking mid, but it's uh it yeah, it's still walking mid. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> but I think between the two tournaments, we're kind of seeing um yeah, just a just a solid showing from balanced teams, but also we're seeing a lot of diversity in that. Yeah, Ogre Pond, Wellspring, yeah, Fluttermane are the top dogs. But beyond that, you have a, a lot of different Pokemon that you're able to run. Like at um, Knoxville, we had 140 total different Pokemon that were run across the tournament. At Melbourne, we had 137 different Pokemon that got run. Um, Which you're like, okay, there's like several hundred Pokemon that are in the game. Like, why don't we have more? However... If we go back to some reg E tournaments, uh go to Peoria. Um, I would suspect that we have oh well, that was the first tournament with 159 different Pokemon with some choice <laughs> sets like Infrane and Sneasel Hisui. But uh the format seems really wide open with a whole lot of different choices for everybody. So th- it's not like you have to run Fluttermane or you have to run Ogre Pond Wellspring, but um, the these Pokemon are really, really great to go on basically any team for you to possibly use your favorites. So if mm-hmm. there is a format where you wanted to use your favorite crapmon, I think this is the format um <laughs> before Restricted's at least that you could probably do that best in.
2: Right. Yeah, get it out now.
1: <laughs> and I think that's, that's really cool. I
0: mean, because it's like, yeah, we looked at the, you know, we, we saw the, the usage numbers for for day one, you know, and 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 whatnot, because they, they could certainly get posted to to Twitter and whatnot. But it's like, okay, for for Knoxville, I mean, Fluttermane was the only Pokemon at over 50% at 56.9. And then in Melbourne, Fluttermane again at 53% for for the for day one. Everything else, at least in Melbourne, was below 40%. There's which which is kind of neat because it's like there's a bunch of different stuff that you could bring, but it also makes it a little more difficult where you're kind of like trying to know what to build for the meta. Um, in Knoxville, Ogre Pond was at forty eight percent, and then it fall fell to Incineroar at thirty eight, and then Torn at thirty one, and then everything else was below thirty. So, it it is neat that there are a lot of different Pokemon that people can be using, and I also think it speaks to a lot of the power creep that we've had over the last two gens because it's like. I mean, look at how many of these, these Pokemon that are in here that are either brand new or one generation old. I mean, sure, there are staples in here like Tornadus and Amoongus, but then beyond that, it's like Fluttermane, Ogre Pond, um, both Urshifu's, Rilla Rillaboom, Chen Pao, Raging Bolt, Gouging Fire, Ogre Hearthflame, uh, Hearth Flame, King Gambit, and there's Lando Eye, and, but then there's Indeedee, Ursaluna, Iron Crown, Glomora. It's like, there are so many more options, which I think some would argue is to the detriment of older Pokemon. But I also would argue that, like I think it works out better because then when you have a larger pool to to pull from, I don't know. It feels it makes the game a little more fun to me cuz you can really do whatever you want. Like to me the fact that something like Chi Yu is only at 7% and it has one of the most broken abilities in the game is <laughs> wild, right? But it's like it just maybe doesn't fit on a team or it's just not fast enough or it doesn't do what you need to and that's totally fine because then you're going to have something like uh you know just a few spots above glamora is now getting played because people are like oh it gets meteor beam now oh this thing actually is like fast enough and hits hard enough to be able to do stuff you know it's just it's neat
2: i want to shout out a team from each regional yeah uh first of all len Duel or his sand team what a chad oh wow
0: yeah number nine len Duel. yeah
2: that's um, cool. he's got uh, he's bringing back midday lichen rock with Garchomp, Iron Bundle, Corviknight, Goldango. Dude's cooking, uh-huh. it's also it.
1: just a reg B team, so you don't even need yeah. Ruin Mons, you don't need um, <laughs> yeah, you just don't need a variety of things. Oh man, yeah. that's when Tyranitar shined, that was crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what, screw Ogre Pond, Blood Moon, I don't need any of those. Back to reg B, what's fun and comfortable? Mm-hmm. I respect mm-hmm. that. And, and at uh Melbourne. Melbourne. Um, I I really like uh fourth place with the gapdos Cool. Uh Genting Lu, I assume. Uh no relation. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Yikers, man. <laughs> what do you mean, you know?
2: Is he's not related to Ting Lu. Uh yeah. he's got Thunderous yeah. Kick on his choice scarf, Gapdos. I just think that that's a cool mod. I like to see it. And it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense with Gouging Fire to uh scare away intimidators.
0: Yeah, and then you got Hal Gouging Fire. Like how on that is really cool. Um nasty plot for Rigoraf. Tony would love this team. But yeah, and speaking of, I feel like Gouging Fire seems to really be on the rise as well which is kind of cool to see i feel like it's kind of somewhat recent i i might argue i mean sure it's just because you know it hasn't necessarily been around forever since it's it's new but looking at some of the some of the usage i mean it's it's gone up and down it's fluctuated a little bit uh it was looking at the official tournaments from regulation f it started out at 2.79% in Portland and has climbed all the way up to 16% in Knoxville. So that's quite the increase in just yeah. the, about a month. So I'm curious where that's going to ultimately settle in.
2: They pretty much seem to all run the same set. It seems like most people have Gouging Fire figured out. I just thought it was unique that Bryce Facey got... Ninth in Melbourne with a Fire, gouging fire, according to everything, which I just think is unique because a lot of people seem to be using fairy some grass. Do you guys think that it's going to going to
0: continue to to raise, or do you think that maybe it's going to cap out around like twenty percent usage, or maybe stay even where it's at now at like sixteen gouging fire that is.
1: I don't know if it could go much higher. Because the teams that use Gouging Fire are pretty dedicated to using like Gouging Fire specifically and built around Gouging Fire specifically. Like It doesn't seem like it's a very flexible mod mm-hmm. inherently. So even if a lot of people are using a Gouging Fire team, it's not like you're going to see Gouging Fire in rando teams that Incin or Arcanine or Hearthflame Ogrepawn or GU, Zedra would True. be on. It's like you're seeing a lot of samey kind of stuff on these teams. Right.
2: Yeah. It's like an arch type. Yeah. Other than, rather than a splashable Mon. Yeah. That usually seems like you have like three physical and like two special attackers. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: And you, and you will often have a water ogre pawn with it. Almost all the teams have water ogre pawn, King Gambit and Fluttermane on it.
2: It is nice to use horn leech with extra damage. You know, if they're howling, with extra
0: poof yeah 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 some of the very common teammates yeah wellspring um flutter and in gambit it looks like are the the most common other pokemon that you're seeing on there which obviously makes a ton of sense chen pao is also apparently a uh, pretty high percentage use for um teammate as well which again that's obviously there and Rillaboom. so yeah there's there's several physical attackers that it is getting the benefit of I do like it because it has like it's it that booster howl in a way that we tried to have scream tail like howl tail scream tail do. But it's actually then getting a real benefit from its own attack boosting as opposed to scream tail still hitting like a wet noodle, even if you were <laughs> yeah. a plus three attack and it was a play rough or something.
1: Hey, it's a very pretty wet noodle.
0: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's a gorgeous, bulbous wet noodle, but uh, gouging fire and it's, you know, breaking swipe well, or heat crash or whatever, is then actually doing a lot of damage. I do think, though, the burning bulwark is kind of... I don't know. It seems underwhelming. I'd almost rather just run Protect, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I was oh, running yeah. Protect myself, just a little.
0: Because, like, it's cool to, like, get the burn, but, I mean, I don't know. The fact that, like, Taunt and thunder wave and Encore can go through it seems, seems rough, but...
2: Well, yeah, I've had people just... Because I used gouging fire in the GC, and people uh, would just like water Terra Mungus and spore me. i was like, oh, okay, yeah, yep, that would do it. That would do it.
0: Some of the other interesting things that we're seeing, I feel like, didn't wasn't size spam kind of big at the last Australian tournament that we had or that we saw? Uh, there were a couple size spam teams. Yeah, with like the Reggie Drago thing. I wonder if that's just like very popular down there. Kind of like how isn't balance more popular in Europe than it is in the United States.
1: Uh, people say that, that the, the recent tournaments have not been really showing that
2: hasn't European thing,
1: okay. but um, I would say that I think because, because Australia has smaller events, mm-hmm. your teams that would probably not make it very high because of a low density, because of a high density of good archetypes allow more straightforward things like size spam to cut through,
2: right? And it also makes sense when you consider they're down under, so it's like always being in trick room. They don't want priority. Mm-hmm. True makes that that makes a ton of sense. Thank you
0: for presser professor. Appreciate
2: that. You're welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, some of the other stuff that we are seeing here. So I am I'm pretty. Surprised not surprised, I guess, but it seems kind of wild to me that um for both Melbourne and Knoxville, for Rick Raph in the top seven for for both of them, I mean, it is like its usage is like it's it's going up and down based on on tournaments that we've seen, but it's been plus or minus four percent above twenty four for a long time now. And so it's like, it's, and it just continues to. I, I apologize. I was looking at unofficial ones. It, if you look at the last five Regulation F tournaments, graph started at 12% and it peaked at 28% in Melbourne and down and then uh, 25% in Knoxville. So it's like, it's becoming a Pokemon that you are seeing on not just Trick Room teams. It, it's mm. coming in as a way to reverse Trick Room or really just stop priority like that alone. Is good enough because it also is like has that ghost immunity, and it's able to you know have helping hand support or hyper voice with throat spray, and then you're getting like boosted damage that is able to hit both sides and not damage yours. It's like it's kind of it's kind of neat to see that it's just popping up and doesn't necessarily even need Blood Moon by its side at this point. It's just like its um, on gloom
2: Yeah, and I don't think it's. So much that people underestimated it before. It's really just that, like, as priority gets better, so right. does for a draft right. I mean, in
0: both tournaments, fake out was the most used move at eleven percent in Knoxville and twelve percent in uh, of all of all Pokemon of all moves. <laughs> both of them were above ten percent. Ivy Cudgel was the was the second most used move in uh, for both tournaments as well, which is funny.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it also, Furigarath has always always had a decent matchup into Urshifu's and into Umungus and, again, into priority stuff kind of like Raging Bolt or the random King Gambits that show up or something like that, right? But it's a Pokemon that enables the partner to actually do stuff rather than needing to do all of it itself, right? Because mm-hmm. Furigarath isn't going to beat King Gambit on its own until King Gambit inevitably terras and then it's... Uh, kind of toast half the time. Um but all of a sudden, you know, Incin doesn't have or a uh, Fluttermane doesn't have to worry about sucker punch stuff in against a Chien power or King Gambit. Yep. Um a Terrid Urshifu water doesn't have to worry about sucker punches or thunderclaps or whatever. So it's so it's something that enables a lot of different things to safely pivot in a lot of circumstances. Cause you have a lot of those uh, blood moon teams, right? And so probably 10% of those Frigographs are purely because of all the Ursulina Blood Moon teams. But then all the like the 13% beyond that is all the other balance teams saying, hey, I like being able to make my opponent not Fake Out. And I remember in Spike Myth, well, uh, some somewhat in Spike Myth, but more in uh, Series 10 of Sw- uh, Sword and Shield, uh, Serena was a top mon for that exact reason. It stopped the rotating Fake Out Wars from incense and rillabooms and it had a triple axle to get rid of booms. so i think it's you have a trick room setter that also stops priority that is also a special mon that can do spread damage right it's it's like a lot of roll compression in the same same pokemon and we and,
0: love that in pokemon
1: and most um. importantly it gets rid of focus ashes with all its spread moves which mm-hmm. is really important in this format i mean like
0: and also too you have something like its ability to be like super supportive with like helping hand and you know ally switch or or other moves that it just has a really good move kit that you're able to to really utilize to uh whatever you need it for. And it's like it's got good stats. I mean it's bulky enough to be able to live things. Um it was one of the the one of the few Pokemon that could live a final gambit from you know Annihilate back in Regulation B and, and whatnot. So it's like it's it's been around for for quite a while. I know that Tony's been banging the drum on it for for a long time, but now it's just it's really found its groove and it's not even like niche, but it's its position, its hold in the uh, in the meta, I think for sure. Um something that kind of did fall off though is the Hisuian Arcanine. Do you guys think that ever comes back? Or do you think that kind of just like has fallen by the wayside for the most part.
2: Uh, As long as Incineroar is still around, it's going to be a lot less used. But it has a niche, being able to rock slide.
0: See, I kind of of thought that because of the fact that Incineroar was around, that it could be something that would still have a place in the sense that ideally if you're able to come in after the Incineroar, I mean, you're able to hit it for, for direct stab and potentially take it out, but I guess the the ability to have fake out and pivot on Incineroar just trumps the 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 damage of Hisui Arcanine.
1: I, I think Hisui Arcanine is just more specialized. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Incineroar does a lot of other things.
0: Yeah. Because oh, I'm just looking pressure. like just Justin Tang had it on his fifth place team and it was like a balanced team with you know Ogre Pond spring, Landorus, Incarnate, Single Striker, Shifu. Raging Bolt, Mane, and then there's the, you know His and Arcanine, it's like yep, there's the Choice Band, big damage sort of thing, and this is just like a, a very balanced, sort of like an offensive balance type of team with uh, Icy Wind on Fluttermain as your speed control but maybe that's just him, you know, maybe he, j- he just likes to have those sort of like big damage Pokemon, so maybe that's just one of the maybe that's just sort of more so his play style as opposed to the Pokemon itself
2: I respect Justin's Moonblast only Flutter mane. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because uh, that's was taunt icy wind. That's sick.
0: That's uh, I mean, like yeah, that's like that's his that's his support Pokemon, and we kind of saw that with like support Dragapult in the past, you know, because it was just like yes, it was everyone was like excited about its big damage, but it's also a very fast will o Wisp, you know, which can certainly come into handy, come to and be helpful. Um, other things of note, some of the changes from top cut or like from, from day one to day two, looking at Knoxville, pretty much the, the same Pokemon are in the, uh, are in usage. I'd say that the one that has probably the, the biggest increase is going from day one to day two in Knoxville is Urshavu Single Strike going from 25% usage in day one to 40% usage on 16 of the 40 teams in day two. That's a pretty big jump for that Pokemon, but I mean, I guess it's definitely one of those things that has a a big conversion that if you don't have an answer for it, it's doing a lot of damage and it's going to be able to to get through into uh, into day two if people aren't ready for it.
2: Yes, sir. Um, Only the real ones know about the single strike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, uh, Farigaraf went up from twenty-eight to from 20, twenty-eight to forty percent, which was a somewhat big jump. Um, I'd say Raging Bolt probably had the the biggest jump in Melbourne, going from twenty-two percent in day one to thirty-seven point five percent. I mean, the, the fifth most used Pokemon in day two, and Maybe that's just because it's you know like that, that assault vest set is just really good. That was the 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 dominant archetype for that Pokemon with seven of the twelve in day two all had assault vest with the uh Thunderclap, Draco, Thunderbolts, and Snarl set. So that might be something for people to certainly be on the lookout for that. It's not necessarily gonna be that calm mind, you know, booster energy set that we saw in the past. But more so that like big bulky offense type of Pokemon. Okay. Um, Don't be thick. Anything else that you guys wanted to bring up before we potentially uh wrap the episode?
2: A quick shout out to everybody running Porygon two, Ting Lu, Incineroar, Moongus, Kamo. Uh go for yourselves, you piece <laughs> of, <laughs> of motherfucking <laughs> <of laughs> <You> just- bastards <laughs> that you. I'll let it out that out.
1: <laughs> Did those even like perform well?
2: Uh, I got seventh at Knox. Just, oh, yeah, was I just a, saw game? so much in the GC it was well, infuriating. And oh. then,
1: and then she just got bodied by uh Golden Go, Ogre Pond Ensign on stream. So, uh, yeah,
2: hmm. and a Golden yeah. Go on my team. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, Golden go checks, go checks a lot of things.
2: Yeah.
0: Beat the body press, beat the spore, beat the parting shot. Yeah, you'll be fine. I love Golden Go.
2: <laughs> Golden
0: Goat. What about it you, John? Is. Anything else of, of note for uh before we wrap up this regional review?
1: Um I mean, I think we talked about some things like Archeludon showed up at at Melbourne, Pre Marina showed up, Weezing showed up. Um I saw an Okidogi at at some point mm-hmm. somewhere. What? Iron Jugulus is still a thing. Uh, Iron Crown Size Spam is still a thing. Uh, yeah, again, the meta wide open. It's it's your game to play. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you if you're feeling lost to focus on a team that like works well within itself. That helps. That is pretty consistent at turning on its own strategies, um, so that you don't have to worry about you know a thousand different strategies that they might face because there's a lot of them now very true very true i just
2: want to shout out that guy with the okie dokie Mark murray because his okie dokie is terra stellar and it has upper hand
1: upper hand is great that oh yeah that's awesome yeah upper hand's great i love it
2: av terra stellar amazing i dig it i dig it All right, gentlemen
0: well thank you so much for coming on taking time out to uh Come talk Pokemon and uh we will do our goodbyes we'll start with you John
1: Monkey Dory is going to take a regional one day I believe
0: I believe too that'd be fun that'd be, that'd be, that'd be very cool to see I'd love to see that happen mm-hmm. Spicer
2: I'm not going to hold my breath but I would be very excited Um, goodbye and and yeah <laughs> shout out to everybody That's... i know <laughs> everybody
0: <laughs> everybody's spicing nose make sure oh, yeah. te- te- texas man say uh say hey Yep. um all right well thank you all everybody for listening we hope you enjoyed have a great rest of your day evening morning wherever you are whenever you are listening to this class dismissed <laughs>